This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, brought to you by Smiley One and Brian. Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling experts, as far as I'm concerned. Daryl, the day after is where we are right now against the Colts. It doesn't feel like a victory, but yet it was. You tell me, Daryl, how should Browns fans feel today, the day after? Take it and run. (laughs) Like... Why, 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 why wouldn't Browns fans feel you, you won the game? It's all that matters. You're four and two, you know, like wh- why wouldn't you feel good about it? Because uh, they don't it, think it's sustainable. I think that's what well, the, the gist was today on our, on our show. Yeah, it, it's not. Um, certainly PJ Walker, a quarterback. We talked about this in the post game pot. Like, I, I don't think it's sustainable having to keep going to him and winning football games. You, you to be honest about it, you got lucky two weeks in a row, which is great. Again, not complaining. The Browns have been the most unlucky team in the NFL for like the last, I don't know, quarter century here. But, I mean, the this Deshaun Watson injury stuff has just, I think, thrown a big monkey wrench into the whole season. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, there, there's like no timetable again. We're back to this day-to-day crap. Um, and, well, the last day-to-day thing lasted three weeks. So uh, Kevin Stefanski, who's illuminating as always when we get to talk to him, um, provided no context, no nothing uh, regarding this injury and where he's at. Um, And so, you know, we're back to asking the same eight bleeping questions we've had to ask for the last three and a half, four weeks about Deshaun. So I can't wait to do that again. Um, But, you know, I, I, I don't. I agree. This isn't sustainable. I you know, to expect them to keep winning week in and week out like this, but they were able to steal two games. Great. They're four and two going to Seattle. So Browns fans should feel fine. I mean, the defense is still really, really good. Um, the, the problem with this team right now is the problem that they've had since 1999. It's the quarterback. I, I'm with you, Daryl. So it, here's my, Here's my overwhelming thought. Like, they need to – they're four and two, right? You look good as far as your record right now. You've put yourself in a spot after six games to take your destiny into your own hands. I think the question is, what are you doing with the quarterback with this destiny? And are you hanging on to something because you made the investment in it? 
Or do you feel like you could bring in a quarterback who's healthy and can ride you through the rest of the season and maybe, you know, lead you into the playoffs and do something else? Like if Deshaun is hurt, let him be hurt. And let's not push this anything anymore because it's not helping anything moving forward. So if he's hurt, then you got to come up with a critical decision on what you want to do at quarterback. I don't still don't understand what they were thinking with DTR other than the fact they thought they would lose DTR if they sent him back to the practice squad in the beginning of the season. They thought another team would take him early on, and they didn't feel like they were in a position to do that. So I understand why they wanted to protect him in that aspect. But in that case, if they didn't think he was ready to be one snap away, they should have had three quarterbacks right out of the gate. That's the mistake. That's where the problem is here. And now they find themselves in this position with a backup quarterback who you jumped off the practice squad because he had experience in the past, but yet doesn't seem like he's going to be able to be sustainable moving forward. So what are you going to do? I think they need to bring in a quarterback. Like if, I mean, DTR ain't ready. Not good enough. And that's okay. It's a rookie fifth-round pick. They took a flyer on him, right? Totally agree. He was a developmental player. So that's not a criticism of him. It's just he's not ready yet. But I agree with you. I think that's the biggest mistake that Andrew Berry made. He assumed that Deshaun Watson was starting 17 games this year, which is the worst assumption you can make as the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. They never have quarterbacks that can last a full schedule. And especially when you have a guy like Deshaun who gets hit all the time. The first hit he took in Indianapolis knocked him out of the damn game. The first took one hit, done for the day. I, like, really? I mean, and you got to trot PJ Walker out there. God love him. I mean, he played his ass off. He's just not that good. It's that's why he's a practice squad player, right? Right. So, like, they think they they, they got to find a quarterback. But here's the thing. They're going to have to you, – you can't get a quarterback this week and start him Sunday in Seattle. Like, unless it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, which isn't going to happen. It's fun to talk about, but that's not going to happen. That's just not realistic. I mean, basically, when, when you watch this or you listen to this, they'll have a week to make a decision on the trade deadline. Yeah, but, like, I, I mean, they're stuck. That's – I think that's the reality you're in. Well, it's a weird spot to be stuck because, I mean, you're sitting here with a silver platter in front of you. Go out there, execute, have this defense that I know they struggled a little bit against Indianapolis, but come on. I mean, this defense can take you to the playoffs. They've got to do something offensively to get this thing moving in the right direction. Right. Well, the offense can really win a game without having to have the referees have two miracle calls two weeks in a row. Well, no, it was a miracle. It was, you had a field goal go wide, right? And then you got the, the miracle call. Well, they also had two miracle calls on their last drive last week. And then, uh, you know, there was a questionable call coming back. Again, I say don't leave it in the referee's hands. Be up by 14 so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff at the end. Yeah, don't put it in the ref's hands. This is the NFL. You ain't going to be up 14 often. Um, All right, so I'm saying, but if you can control that, that's how you don't worry about referees. So here's, the, up by P- 10. here's the P.J. Walker uh, thing right now. All right. He's out of elevations. So he's back on the practice squad now. But if they want to use him again, remember, he's the number two quarterback. So it's not, let's say Deshaun plays against the Seahawks. They still have a P.J. Walker issue because if they want to use him as the number two quarterback and have him available, they have to put him on the 53-man roster. So he's still, quote, property of the Cleveland Browns. All right, he's still on the Browns practice squad. But they have to sign him to the 53 to be able to use him again. 
and you know they're gonna have to carry three quarterbacks that that's just all there is to it um and again i asked the question is the whatever 53rd roster spot on this roster that much more valuable than having a third quarterback to the cleveland browns right now Apparently, yes, because they've only been carrying two quarterbacks on the active roster. But I mean, Daryl, you asked Kevin about this. What do you think of his answer? You uh, straight out asked him about this whole stuff. That, uh, that was exactly the answer I was expecting to get. I'm I mean, I, day I, day. We'll figure this say, out tomorrow. Yeah, I wanted to say, well, Andrew's never available to the media, so we have to ask you. Because that's true. Andrew's never available to the media. Well, what once here? Yeah, you know, here. We, we get him for the bye week. We get him uh, for a season wrap-up. We get him at the combine and we get him during training camp. We get him four times a year. So like I, I would ask Andrew Barry if Andrew Barry held a press conference every day like you do, but he doesn't. Um, he so, has his own personal press conference with him. Yes, that's great. Yeah. So um, yeah, he told he answered the question totally how I expected him to. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got to figure this thing out. Uh, they do. And so, yeah, this is a pretty big mistake on the Browns part though. They, they got a quarterback problem. They have the same freaking problem that they had. Tw they've had for the last 25 years, the whole point of giving up six draft picks and $230 million and taking on the baggage that dude brought to the city of Cleveland was so we're not having these conversations. And here we are, we're having these conversations. So, um, and it's really problematic because this is a playoff team. This is a really, really good football team. This is a team that if they had a quarterback worth a damn, they would be Super Bowl contenders. We and would be right talking now, X's, Daryl. We would be talking X's and O's every every podcast. Right. We and, would be talking about scheme. We would be talking about breaking down plays. We would be talking about actual football stuff. Instead, we go right back to drama all the time. Yeah. And 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 the, and Deshaun isn't worth anything to the Browns right now because he's hurt. And I'm not criticizing Deshaun for being hurt. I'm criticizing the situation. That's that's what I'm criticizing, the situation. The Browns are in the same situation again. And they didn't get a backup quarterback for a guy who needs a backup quarterback because he takes hits. Now, Andrew Berry said at the bye week, well, you know, Deshaun's been fairly durable in his career, et cetera, et cetera. That's all well and good. But you're the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. When the hell does anything go according to your plan? Like, you need to anticipate. Dustin Hopkins went according to plan, I okay. think. All right. Maybe. I'll, I, I'll give you Dustin. We're going to get it. I had to find something there. You knew I, know. I, would, I would. But, um, like, you, you have to plan for these things. And I think Andrew Berry did a poor job planning for the eventuality that Deshaun Watson's not playing all 17 games. He's going to get hurt. And I'm not criticizing Deshaun. You, injuries happen in the NFL. He lasted one damn hit Sunday. Lasted one hit. Done for the day. Back to square one. Day to day. Shoulders messed up again. Thankfully, he didn't have a concussion because he did. I thought that's what it was. I, I thought he got a concussion because. Well, they came. They I mean, didn't the evaluator come yeah, down, and then you I know. Mean, so that's how that worked. So. He he hit his he, he hit his head really hard on that. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium turf, but like, yeah, he lasted one hit, and now we're back to day to day. Which I'm going to translate that for you: multiple weeks. That's probably what we're looking at. 
I hate to And if that. that's the case, they need to go out and get another quarterback. It's always yeah. game day in Cleveland, Daryl. Let's talk more about this. Let's talk about what the fans are feeling right now. The Browns won, and yet it feels like a loss. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always game day in Cleveland. Brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, uh, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling experts. All right, Daryl, how should the fans feel after this victory? Again, like we had this mix of callers today on, on the air that I was trying to get a feel for what the deal is. And, I, you know, so a lot. I, I thought it would be a lot bigger on Kevin Stefanski. Like when I listened to the morning show, people that were on their afternoon or on their morning drive into work were killing Kevin. Not so much on the midday show. We'll see how it plays out in the afternoon show. But the the mistakes, I, I just don't know. I don't think Kevin's calling a horrible game if it's executed well. I think he's got the right personnel in there. I mean, the first game um, when Deshaun went out and DTR was in, I did question a lot of that. Why are we calling this play when you've got a kid that really doesn't have the experience? But for the most part, I think Kevin is a pretty good play caller. It's the execution and the reason why we call it execution. Because if it doesn't work, everyone wants to execute the coach. If I'm being really honest, I really don't want to talk about Browns fans. Okay. I, I'm just being, I just, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, there's I a general say, feeling here. That there's say, a feeling. I, I might say some things that might upset them. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think Kevin did an excellent job yesterday. I, I think he's a really good play caller. Um, uh, is he perfect? No, but he he's he's not the dumbass that these fans think he is, and I'm sick of hearing it. So, as to not get myself in, in trouble with the dog pound, uh, I'm I, I'm going to keep my thoughts on Browns fan to myself. So, Daryl, tell me what makes Kevin Stefanski a good coach. Lay that out because I don't know that that's getting out there. Well, I, I think he's I think he's pretty good when it comes to the the, the tactical stuff. Like, um, I, I I you know do do I think he did a great job against San Francisco? No, but I blame more Deshaun for that than him because the the impression. Or I, I'm sorry, not San Francisco, um, uh, Baltimore. Right. Uh, I'm on so much medication now. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Um, <laughs> Between. Do you want to explain to people why you're on medication? If you're going to say that, you might as well tell so them. So I, uh, so I had to sacrifice my pain meds for my oral surgery, okay, to take uh, cold and flu medicine. Gotcha. And my pain meds, uh, d uh you can't mix and match. Like I, I can't take cold and flu medicine and my pain meds. So I'm in throbbing pain in my mouth every time I talk, and um. And I uh, am uh, uh, playing hurt, if you will. But you're playing through it. Playing through it. Playing through it. Um, and this is my flu game. And so, uh, yeah. But no. You had a flu post, too, so. <laughs> oh, God, that was brutal yesterday. You were hurting on the post. game. That was probably the quickest podcast I, we've ever done. I, I don't know how I survived that because this is not a joke. As soon as we were done with that podcast, I went straight to bed. 
I didn't wake up until after the Sunday night game was over. I, I, I missed the entire Sunday night game. And then uh, I was awake long enough to take a shower, you know, brush my teeth, whatever. Went right back to bed. Woke up this morning in time to do uh, uh, Ken and Anthony's uh, morning show. Um, and then as soon as I was done with them, like I took a hot steam shower before doing that to, to clear myself out. And then uh, I, I did their show. And as soon as I was done with their show, I went right back to bed. <laughs> had the alarm set for 12.15 so I could wake up for Kevin. Woke up, did Kevin. Uh, wanted to take a nap after that, uh, but things to do. Uh, so when we're done with this, I'll finish doing the things I need to do. Uh, and then I'm going right back to bed. And Chicken noodle to- soup, bro. Chicken noodle soup. Well, I can't have any hot food because I, uh, I have stitches in my mouth. And I don't like cold chicken noodle soup. That's the problem. <laughs> so um, the noodles aren't the, the you can't have the noodles and, and the noodles. Uh, so uh, I made the mistake of eating noodles and it uh, did not go well for me. So yeah, I, then I, I would not suggest matzo ball soup. Yes. Yeah, so I am on the uh, I, I am mixing it up. I did have pancakes yesterday, but um, I am on the jello yogurt cottage cheese uh pudding diet that is what i have been eating for like the last six days i go to the dentist on tuesday and hope Daryl, you don't have a lot of weight to lose i don't know you're gonna be how much have you lost i i, I can't andy my my pants i have to f- like fold the loop when i put the belt on because i yeah do you they need don't... to put another loop another hole in the, they, they the don't belt? stay up i i put my pants on the other day right and sometimes i can go beltless right now, I couldn't go beltless. They fell down immediately. And and let's put it this way. When I look down, I can see the top of my toes again. So Daryl has lost a little, and I don't have a lot to lose, as you said. So no. I'm hoping that when I go Tuesday, the dentist says I can go back to eating normal people food again because uh, I'm starving. <laughs> like well. funny, my, my girlfriend joked, I showed her a picture of my cart, and it like was full of – I felt like Billy Madison. I was loading up on the snack packs. Yeah, right? they were on sale, so I'm loading up on snack packs. And he goes, "That's an excessive amount of snack packs." I go, "Yeah, that's not lasting three days, and sure as can be, did not last three days." I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am not surprised. I'm trying to figure out how to get us back on track after that. One. Uh, well, okay, so we were talking about uh, you know Kevin the tactician and stuff like that. I, I just yeah. I feel like he's a really good coach. Now, do I feel like he's a motivational coach? Is he a guy that, like, when I hear him speak, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for? No, I, I don't. But I'm going to give him credit. He went out and brought a guy in to his coaching staff. He actually brought two guys in to his coaching staff this offseason to do that in Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone. So I don't think he needs to be the rah-rah, get everybody ready to run through brick wall, right? Like, um, I, I think that... Every coach screws up clock management. I'm sorry. Like I watched well, the ton- Giants about two weeks ago. Oh man. I are you kidding? I watch a ton of football at all levels, high school, college, and I felt like it is a weekly thing where these coaches are screwing up clock management. So when fans call into the station and are bitching to Monum because Kevin Stefanski screwed up clock management, I'm like, well, him and 31 other dudes in the National Football League. Like Andy Reid screws up clock management and he's won a couple of Super Bowls. Like right. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there is no perfect coach, but here's what I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Browns fans are so conditioned to losing 
They're so conditioned to the constant turmoil, change, the drama, all that kind of stuff that they, you know, they they enjoy the wins, but I don't think they understand how to enjoy the wins at this point, right? Because there just hasn't been a lot. I don't, of- that was a weird game to enjoy the win, though, wasn't it? Well, I I mean, like, what, there were, what, you're I, saying eight lead changes isn't enough of a rule? No, no, it's the, you know what's keep sticking is the uh, the pass interference call. Like, there was no way that ball was catchable. But, Run. But here's the thing, Andy. How many times have the Browns been screwed over? By oh, a- I, I'm not arguing that at all. And, uh, you know, but no. it still doesn't just something seems weird. Your offense didn't look very good. And-, well, and and you know what? Again, that's fine that the offense, you know, doesn't look. P.J. Walker's the quarterback. Like, he got called up. Of course, it's not going to look good, right? But here's the thing. They made just enough plays. And to the unlucky, right, just – just because that pass interference flag got thrown, right? The, mm-hmm. the second one. The first one I thought was legit. And and thank God that that was legit because that was a strip sack fumble recovery. Colts win the game. Right. I, that absolutely was a legit uh, uh, defensive holding, hand, whatever it is that they call right. it. That was a legit flag. Um, But just because that DPI was called on an uncatchable ball did not give the Browns the win. The Colts still had an opportunity to stop the Cleveland Browns from getting in the end zone. You see sure. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And and so let's give the Browns credit. Let's give Kevin Stefanski credit for listening to his, his guys. Like half the offensive line, I guess, was yelling and screaming, run the damn ball. You know, we got it. Run the ball. And and Kevin waited to fourth down to go ahead and do that. And Kareem Hunt was able to get across. He put Nick Harris. Although I still, I, like, I question whether they could have done it with 25 seconds. Well, All it takes you know, is one. But a, a bad run that took too long and a guy laying on another guy. And the next thing you know, you're out of, out of place. But you know what? It, it, it worked out. You don't want, you didn't want to give the Colts any time on the clock to be able to get themselves in field goal range true. Uh, to true, either true, force true. overtime or, or, or to beat you. So that like worked out beautifully, but like um, putting Nick Harrison as a fullback in front of Kareem Hunt. Great call. Yeah, he's been doing that. I mean, I love that call. Recognizing that Harrison Bryant. And by the way, that saves a roster spot when you do that because you don't put a fullback on your team. Right. You know, Harrison Bryant, having him be uh, a short yardage guy and throwing that pitch thing into the thing. You know, uh, people bitching about the P.J. Walker pitch back to Jerome Ford that Ford wasn't able to. to but Ford secure. didn't hang on to it. I mean, that like, I can't be mad about the call there. Right. But, but that's even the interception. Hang on, Daryl. Not to intercept. But even the interception that ended up with them getting the ball in the two-yard line truly was as good as a punt. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, 100%. People, like, I'm looking around, and people are getting all mad about, the oh, this is stupid. Why? Oh, I can't believe he threw a pick. Two. Yeah, I mean, the ball was that. It, it is equivalent of Cordy. Okay, so the pass was in. It was, the I, they put it inside the three. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for. Yeah, so that's why I just – I think fans are so conditioned here to firing the coach, Right. I think that's a big, big problem. Like that, you can't develop any continuity, any system. This is the second year with Deshaun Watson. Like it's, I can't stress this to Browns fans enough. It is critically important that Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson work. They have invested so much draft capital to get this guy here. They invested so much cash. And again, it's not my cash. It's Jimmy. I don't, I'm all for, you know, setting Jimmy Haslam's money on fire. I don't care. Okay. He can afford it. But like, um, they've invested so much. You as fans should absolutely want this to work. A hundred. Explain why in a second, Daryl. Explain why in a second. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. He's going to explain to you in a second.
It's always game day in Cleveland. Welcome back. We appreciate everyone who's listening to us on the Odyssey app, listening to the podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, we're glad you're on board. We know we got a lot of new folks who are watching now on YouTube, and we appreciate that too. So you want to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at game day CLE. All right, Daryl, explain to everybody, we were talking about the fans earlier in this thing, why you absolutely want Deshaun Watson to work. Well, because you want Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski to work because if if they fire Kevin at the end of the year, you have to start all over again. Like you know, new offensive system, new like you're you're setting yourself back again, and I, you don't want that. Like I I, I think. Kevin Stefanski made Baker Mayfield look really, really good when he Baker did. was healthy. Yes. Kevin Stefanski made Jacoby Brissett look really, really good. Okay. And again, I realized four and seven, whatever. Uh, the defense sucked. That's why they went four and seven. They didn't go four and seven because Jacoby Brissett was terrible. They went four and seven in those 11 games without Deshaun because the defense couldn't stop anybody. So, um, like, and I believe that Kevin, once Deshaun is able to get healthy and get between the ears right and get his body right and just get out there and get into the rhythm of playing each and every week here now, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like Kevin's going to put this guy in position to be successful. I, I just, but if, if, if every week it's, you know, you know, people talk about firing the coach after the 49er win. People talk about firing the coach after the the Colts win is just asinine to me. It's it's defeatist fan mentality. You're, you're you're just so traumatized by everything that has happened in the last 25 years with this organization. Kevin Stefanski's not a dumbass. Andrew Barry's not a dumbass. You've got adults running this organization. Do I agree with every move that Andrew Barry's made as GM? No, I do not. But I respect him. I and I think he's really good at his job. Okay. And my opinion in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter. Um, do I agree with everything that Kevin Stefanski does as head coach of this team? No, I don't. But I respect Kevin. I think he's really, really good at his job. And is he a flashy coach to listen to? No. In fact, there are times, quite frankly, and I love you, Kevin, but you're boring as hell to listen to. But you know what? That's also by design. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I've seen Kevin show personality when the cameras and the microphones are off and he's got, he's a great guy. He's an intelligent guy. He's a good football man. So I just like, unless he does something just egregiously stupid that sets the organization back. I, I just, I can't bring this to like, we could sit here and debate play calls. Okay. What, like you said earlier, you know, was it smart waiting for that fourth down to run the ball on the goal line or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we can debate that. That's the fun of what we do. That's the fun of being a fan. Right. But that's not a fireable offense. No. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, and I feel like that's the one thing fans constantly cling to that drives me nuts is everything goes to, it didn't go according to plan or it didn't go perfectly. So fire the coach. The coach is an idiot. Get him out of here. Like, I, I just, I, I, I can't do it anymore because I, 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 and you as fans should absolutely want Deshaun and Kevin to work because if it does, awesome things are going to happen for your football team. If it doesn't, 
bad things are going to happen to your football team. That to, that's where you're at right now. So need Deshaun to get get his shoulder right. Um, you know, again, I'm not criticizing Deshaun because he's hurt. I'm criticizing the situation, the fact that we have to go through the same crap that we just went through with this day-to-day nonsense. It took three weeks of day-to-day BS before we got, yep, he's going to play, he's going to start, he starts, whatever, and then he lasted one freaking hit. And now we're back, reset everything, we're back to day-to-day. And who knows, it might take a week, it might take two weeks, it might three, four, whatever, right? He's probably getting more tests on the shoulder, Look, get, getting it looked at, and that's all well and good, but like this is not the season to be having to scroll around with your quarterback situation. Because this defense is that freaking good. You have a kicker that's a weapon. And I'm, again, barbecue sauce on my crow because I was not I was not convinced that Dustin Hopkins was going to come in here and do what he has done. So tip of the cap to Dustin. Awesome. Great dude, by the way. Um, he's been fantastic. But, um, yeah, I mean, they need Deshaun to get right, get healthy, because I just feel like this team is good enough to do something special this year. But if he's not healthy, Andy, they might be up the creek without a paddle. And that is going to be really, really sad to think about. All right, Daryl, I want to spend the last couple minutes here talking about the AFC North and what happened in the AFC North on Sunday. The Browns go on to win. So they are now, what, 4-2. and two. And you look at the rest of the AFC North, and the Ravens now sit at 5-2 and two with an uh, impressive win over Detroit. And because everyone, you know, their media dowerlings, Detroit has been, they were 5-1. and one. Going into this, the Bengals had the day off, and the Steelers won out in L.A. So everybody in the AFC North is now riding a two-game winning streak the way you want to look at it. They got a little separation from the Bengals, which is good. But at this AFC North, again, it's I think it's where we thought it was going to be, and it keeps compacting and compacting. Well, they're the only they're the only division in the uh, in the NFL right now, Andy, that everybody has at least three wins. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a log jam. They're a half game out of first place. Tie, obviously, they lose the tiebreaker right now with the Steelers because uh, they, you know, they they lost that game uh, in Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, it's look, I, I think what helps the Browns is that they they won back to back games. OK, they temporarily are off the win one, lose one, win one, lose one roller coaster that they were on. Um, they haven't won three games in a row since the 2021 season. Because they last last season they won back to back games just once, right? Um, so this is a big one coming up in Seattle. We'll get into that on uh, our uh, podcast spot. later th- this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this division is living up to what I thought it was going to be, and that is the best division in the NFL, the toughest division in the NFL right now. Uh, Baltimore just absolutely taking the boots to the the darling lions, my good. And then Lamar's pissed after the game. Like they, they blew out the lions and he's just grumpy as hell because he just was not happy with the way he played. Um, which again, I'm just like, you know, take it and run, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, but I get it. Like the, and this is the, the, the difference in the standard, right? I mean, the, the Raven standard is playoffs and super bowls. The Steelers' standard is playoffs in Super Bowls, right? Um, the Chiefs' standard, playoffs in Super Bowls. Uh, the Patriots' old standard was playoffs in Super Bowls, you know, for the better part of two decades. Um, and hopefully the Browns are taking those steps. Like, the standard for them right now is playoffs. Like, 
get back into the playoffs again. Um, and anything obviously can happen. Uh, I, the goal is, of course, to win a Super Bowl, but the Browns have never been to the damn game. So let, 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 let's not put the carpet. How about on. two playoff wins? I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Get, I mean, there, yeah you know? get, get yourself into the conference championship game. Um, give yourself a shot. But they're not going to be able to do that unless Deshaun is healthy. I mean, if look, if Miles Garrett play, keep, is able to keep playing the way he is playing right now, and um, the test for me with Miles is going to be how's he playing in December? Because historically, when you look at his career, that's where he has had some drop off in December, and a lot of that is the attrition of the season. A lot of that is the, the competition in December. A right. lot of he's got they, the teams throwing four guys on him to stop him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see how productive he's going to be able to be in December. Um, but that that game that he had against the Colts, um, it was amazing. It amazing. was amazing, ridiculous. I I can't believe that he was able to be in a stance. He what? He didn't run up to the line and jump. He wasn't standing up. He was in his stance, and he jumped. And I'm going to give him credit. They saw something on the uh, on the, the the Colts film or whatever, because uh, Wyatt. Uh, we mentioned this with Wyatt Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came up in uh, a Monday Zoom with with Wyatt Teller. I think they noticed something with the Colts being low mm-hmm. in, in, on special teams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, credit to Bubba Ventrone again. Attention to detail, right? So for all the the Browns coaching, staff, I wonder if they worked on that in practice. That jump, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. Wyatt told us, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And um, so kudos to them for finding that little detail, and it worked. At Miles palmed the ball. Like if you go back, and watch right? It, no, he didn't like nick it. Like it hit him square in the hand. Incredible. Um, the two strip sack that he had. He batted a pass down. Uh, had like, he's got to be defensive player of the week in the NFL, right? right. I, is there any question? Brown's gonna have two players of the week. Wow, Miles is gonna win defensive uh, AFC defensive player of the week. If he doesn't, it's highway robbery. And then you're gonna have uh, Dustin Hopkins for a second straight week. He is gonna win special teams player of the week. Three field goals, fifty be fifty yards or more in one day. He's the first. How about this? How about this nugget, Andy? He not only is this a franchise record for the Browns, this is an NFL record. He is the first player in NFL history to hit 50-yard field goals in five consecutive games. And on Sunday, he hit three. And they were two 54s and a 58 that I think he had from 65. Um, and, it had and legs, that's for sure. What, what did I say going into the season about the kicking situation? I need my kicker to be a weapon, right? Because of the, you're going to have drives that are going to stall out around the 30 and whatever, right? Yesterday is exhibit A as to why I kept hammering that point home during training camp. Yesterday's game, they do not win without Dustin Hopkins being able to make those field goals. Hopkins is a weapon for the Cleveland Browns, and I can't impress upon you enough how critical that is and how awesome that is. Because when he came here, I'm like, okay, He's the guy that's going to bang home the 40 to 50-yard field goals. He's very good at that, 85% in his career. Perfect. But outside of 50, it's a 50-50 proposition. Now, he's been automatic. He's been 7-7, to and I'm going to knock on some wood here. Yeah, you better. 
I'm gonna knock on some wood because I don't I don't I don't want to get the, the the bad karma. I don't want to jinx him or anything. But I mean, he he has been automatic from beyond fifty. The challenge will be when the weather gets crappy. But hey, let's let's enjoy this while it's going. But they got four wins out of it. Now. Yeah, so, they, they, Darryl, they, yeah, they got four wins, and and Browns fans should feel really good about their football team with one exception. Look, quarterback. And we've been saying that for 25 years. <laughs> Some things don't change. We'll see how they change by Thursday to see if the Browns do anything. That's the next time we'll drop a podcast on you. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thank you, Meredith Kane, our outstanding producer. He's Daryl Ryder. He plays through pain. There's no question about it. We'll be back again with you later this week. It's always game day in Cleveland.